Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful downtown, around town, USA. Where an engineer was at the pearly gates and Peter was looking up the list and didn't find him. So he sent him down to hell. The engineer, dissatisfied with the state of things down there, began building things. Pretty soon, hell had air conditioning, escalators, and flush toilets. The devil was very happy with his progress and liked the conveniences. One day, God noticed that the engineer had been misplaced and called down to hell and said to the devil, Hey, we made a mistake. We sent the engineer down there. He's not supposed to be down there. Will you send him back up? Well, no. I don't want to send him back up, the devil replied. I kind of like the escalators, the flush toilets, and the air conditioning. God says, if you don't send a rack up right now, I'll sue. And the devil said, ha, where are you going to find a lawyer in heaven? <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led Christians everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit anoint us and help us to speak to your people and speak to them your revelation that will make sense to them where they're at. We ask that you speak and that you be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-Led Most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast today is, How Did Jesus Get So Much Done? Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing really well today. Got a good night's sleep. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I am advocating for Diet Coke to be the official <laughs> drink of the Tabernacle Movement, but I have dissenters, Pepsi dissenters. Dr. Pepper dissenters. Yeah, it's like an internecine war going on here. What we're going to speak about today is how did Jesus get so much done? There's one passage in the Bible that says if all the things that Jesus did were written... All the books in the world could not contain them. So the guy got a massive amount done in three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And we want to know and talk about today how he did that and why it was possible for him to do so much and why we as mere mortals find it difficult to get two or three things done a day. And the basic bottom line is that he was spirit-led. He was not checking with God every minute of every day whether he was doing right. He was simply in the domain of God. And walking in the Spirit, he naturally did the things of his Father. And he didn't have to think about them. He didn't have to ask God, is this your will? He knew by his close relationship with God what God's will was at any given moment. And he just did it. You know, when they asked him about, is it lawful to pay tax to Caesar? He hadn't planned what he was going to say. He just felt like saying, okay, give me a penny. Then he held it up and he said, whose face is on this penny? And they said, Caesar. And then the words came to him, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's. And that was such a good explanation of the separation of church and state. Exactly. That 
the Pharisees dare not ask him any more questions. And he didn't have to study to know that answer. He didn't have to consult with philosophers to know that answer. There were no Bible commentaries. He didn't have to go talk to the nearest doctor of the law. At that moment, when he needed to answer that question, God spoke through him. And then when it was done, he went back to doing what he had been doing before they asked. So the answer to doing a lot for God is simply to let God live through you. What do you think, Christy? Sometimes we think that maybe Jesus had been really trained in the Jewish synagogues and schools, and there's no record of that happening. And in fact, when he got up on the Feast of Tabernacles and was teaching profound truths, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees said, who is this guy? He has not been to any of our schools. Where did he get all this knowledge? Where did he get all this understanding? They even commented there, they didn't teach him. He didn't sit under the tutelage of men. He spent time with the Father in his presence, and he was filled with his Father's Spirit and could be led by his Spirit, and that's where his wisdom came from. He wasn't speaking on his own accord. He was speaking the very words of the Father. A lot of times we look at Jesus and we think, well, yeah, but he's Jesus, and there's no way I could be like that. But when Jesus lived on earth, he lived as humanity could live in their highest state. He didn't live as God. In fact, it says in Philippians, he didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped, but he lowered himself to become a man. He lived as a man in the exact same way that we can live as human beings, totally dependent on the Father. He just did it perfectly, and nobody on earth outside of him is going to do it perfectly, but he gives us an example of what it can be like. We don't have to live a life of strain and strife and fear and confusion, we can live that connected life with God that he had, where he just flowed moment by moment in the spirit. He knew where to go. He knew when to turn around and respond to somebody's question. He knew when to ignore them and go past them. He knew exactly what to say to everyone who approached him because it was his father that was flowing through him. And that's how we are supposed to live our lives. That's how we can live our lives. He's given us an example. In fact, he said, even greater things than this, you will do. Because I'm going to go to the Father and then send my spirit and fill you to the fullness that you can possibly be filled of God. And you can do all of this and more. So we need not look at Jesus and think, yeah, well, that was Jesus. I'm not. Yeah, that's right. You're not Jesus in the way he was Jesus. But the spirit of him lives in you. And you're a manifestation of him to the world around you. And the more that we can yield to the same spirit that Jesus yielded to, the more we will be able to flow like he flowed. And we don't have to worry about study and strife. It's good to learn what you can from the people that God leads you and the sources that God leads you to learn from, but never take anything you read or hear above what you know the Father is speaking to you because the Spirit is given to us to learn from the Spirit. In fact, it says in the book of 1 John, you don't have any need for anyone to teach you because you have the Holy Spirit. We disregard that too often and think, well, that's not really exactly what he meant or maybe that applied to them back then. The highest teacher that we have is the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit lives in us and we yield to the fullness that he wants to bring us, we can have everything we need to be able to get everything done and know everything we need to know. I like what you say that the Holy Spirit is the highest authority that we have. And we need to come to understand that when God speaks to us, that is just as valid as when a pastor or a teacher says that God has spoken to them. Yeah, exactly. It's the same Holy Spirit. And oftentimes, when God speaks to you, it's more specific than what a teacher can tell you from the scriptures. Because God speaking to you is directly to you in your circumstance at the time that you need to hear it. 
Whereas when people teach out of the Bible, it's teaching about what happened to other people centuries or thousands of years ago that applied to them. Now, to listen to teachers, it's okay if you're spirit-led to do it, Mm -hmm. but it should never override what God speaks to you. It should never take precedence over the Holy Spirit in you, leading and guiding you to do what you need to do at the time that you need to do it. A couple days ago, I was looking at getting an ACT test book for my kids because they're going to be going to university and they need to have that kind of testing done. I looked online, it was like $40 or something, and I thought, well, I'll have to get that because they need it. And then the next day, I was driving down in the city, and God directed me to go to a certain store. And so I just did. Didn't know why. So I walked around there for about half hour, and then when I was just about to leave, I looked at the used book section, and there on the bottom shelf was a 2021 ACT test preparation book. Wow. For three bucks. Wow. I bought it, and that's good enough for what I need Mm -hmm. to do. And God provided. Now, did I know he was going to do that? No. I just felt to go to the store. And that happened to be there in really good condition. And that's how we flow in God. Yeah. You know, God leads us to specific things, to specific places, to say specific things to specific people that tend to get a lot done in a short period of time. So the way that God did so much through Jesus Christ is in any given time, any given moment, Jesus Christ was just available to do whatever God wanted. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't so much of a burden to him as just a yielding to the Spirit of God. And that's why he was able to do so much. I mean, anything the guy said was scripture (laughs) because God was speaking through him constantly. That's right. Yeah, I like it's just a yielding. That's how our life is supposed to be. I don't know how it is all over the world, but I know in the Western culture, we tend to get very, very busy and we fill up our days with all kinds of things. And we try to squeeze more and more things in and figure out, well, if I eat on the run, I can do this. Or if I sleep two hours less, I can get this done. If I stay up really late and then get up really early, I'll be able to get all this done. And we try to squeeze everything in. But then if something unexpected happens, it throws us off. Oh, I can't take this phone call right now because I know this person will want to talk for a long time and I really need to get this done, this done. And we end up in high levels of stress, trying to make sure that everything in our lives that needs to be done gets taken care of. And it's not bad in the sense that there are a lot of things that we need to take care of. I think sometimes we put too much on ourselves, but if we're in a season where we're really, really busy and God has led us to do everything that we're doing, even then we can get to the point where we can depend too much on our own ability to get things done that we end up being stressed. But we need to recognize that our lives are not our own. And our lives are to be yielded to the Spirit of God. And I have seen it happen so many times in my life. I've seen it happen, especially in your life, where you have a day planned and things that you want to do. And God will bring a ministry opportunity up where you need to go and spend some time talking to someone. Or you need to write a blog that you weren't planning on writing because it didn't fit into your schedule and God just anointed you to do it. And amazingly, when we do those kinds of things, it seems like God expands time. Something that we thought was going to take us two hours to do, we're able to get done in a half hour. Or something we thought we were going to do, we end up not having to do. We were going to make dinner and somebody else brings dinner and you don't have to make it. Or something happens that time almost expands. And that's the way that we should be living our lives. If we are so stuck in our own plans and our own structure, and I've got to do this at this time, there's not flexibility in us. God wants yielded vessels that he can flow through at a moment's notice. 
Jesus didn't have to sit down and plan every sermon that he got up and spoke. He spent time in his father's presence. He was filled with the spirit. And when he got up, he just spoke. Exactly. I have a friend that lives in a foreign country that I minister to multiple times during the week. And we have a video app that we send videos back and forth. I never know from day to day what God wants to say to her through me. I don't really think about it. I just feel the prompting. I need to send her a message. So I turn on the video app and I speak whatever comes out. And some of the things that God says through me shock me even. I think, wow, that was pretty profound. That didn't come from me. And inevitably, when I feel that anointing from God, she will respond and say, that is exactly what I needed to hear for today. That ministered to me so much. That was exactly right on. And she's blessed because God is able to speak to her through someone else to encourage what he is speaking to her directly. The old way that I would have done that in ministry is I would have spent a lot of time praying. I would have looked up scriptures. I would have made notes. I would have probably spent an hour or two prepping before I got on the video to send her a 20-minute message. But with the flow of the Spirit, if you yield to God, he can just speak through you. He can just take you and move through you. And it's a life of ease. It's yielding to the Spirit and his joy. I feel joy when I feel God's presence flow through me ministering to somebody else or just doing something that he's anointed me to do. There's a sense of joy and fulfillment and it removes all the stress from our lives and enables us to get done not only the things that we think we need to get done, but the things that God really wants us to get done. It comes down to trusting the Holy Spirit that he knows what he's doing. I remember a couple days ago I was ministering to some person and it was going along. And I was thinking, wow, I'm holding you up. You know, I was supposed to meet you to do something. And I just decided to trust the Holy Spirit. And I let the situation go as long as God wanted it to go. And I didn't worry that I was going to be late. I said, if I'm late, I'm late. So that person was able to be ministered to fully and completely until there was a logical place to stop. And when I came to meet you, you said, oh, yeah, I just got here a minute ago. You went long, too. Yeah. (laughs) And we met just precisely. Mm -hmm. And I'm beginning to understand that we need to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit and not our natural minds in our time management. Exactly. That's well said. Yeah. Because God knows exactly the circumstances that are going on. And if you're ministering to somebody, if somebody needs you to listen to them Mm -hmm. or you need to speak a word to them, you got to give it the time that God wants it and yeah. trust that he's going to work everything else out. You know, in the scriptures, sometimes Jesus did the will of God by doing nothing. He tarried for four days, even though he knew that his friend Lazarus was sick. And the situation getting worse and worse and worse, and everybody was praying and believing that God was going to come and heal him. And then the guy died. And only then did Jesus arrive. And he was moved personally because of all the grief and the sorrow that was there. But he said it was for God's glory that he tarried. And he did probably one of his most amazing miracles when he raised Lazarus from the dead after being dead for four days. He did God's will by doing nothing until God said. I mean, that took great faith because he loved Lazarus. He didn't want Lazarus to die. And I'm understanding that if we allow God to flow through us, if we don't try to organize God in a better way that we think is right, and just let him be who he is, he knows what's going on. He knows the order that things should be done. He knows when we should be where we should be. He knows when we should hold back. He knows when we should speak a word. 
He knows when we should refrain from speaking a word. He's got everything under control if we'll just let him live. That's what we need to do, is just let the Holy Spirit live God's life through us. And that is how we get a lot done in God. We let him do it. We don't have a preordained, organized list that we have to do. It's only if God allows us to do it. It's always with the caveat that if you want to do something else, Lord, I'm very willing to get off my list and do yours. Exactly. I think it's fine to make a list and plan for your day and see what things you need to get done, but that list always needs to just be yielded to God. Say, this is what I think you want me to do today, but it's your day. My life is yours, and whatever you want me to do and accomplish, let me accomplish. We need to listen to the promptings of the Spirit. Sometimes that's easy to do because sometimes the Spirit is leading us to do things that we want to do. Sometimes the Spirit leads us to do things that seem kind of logical. But we also need to listen to the prompting of the Spirit when it goes against our natural mind. And when we're feeling to do something that is not really conducive to getting things done that we need to get done. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, like you said, will just lead us to rest and to pause. There can be a lot of things that can be accomplished by just sitting in God's presence and resting or sitting with a friend and having a very quiet conversation or sitting with a friend where you don't speak that much or taking a nap when you feel to take a nap. When you wake up refreshed, the Spirit can speak to you while you're sleeping and sometimes more clearly than any other time because your natural mind shuts off and your spirit can engage with God. So whatever God is leading you to do, whether it's to be still, to be quiet, or to be busy, trust him that he understands time management and he knows how to make things work the way they really need to work. And if we belong to him and everything about our lives belongs to him, we can trust that he knows what he's doing. If he is leading you to do many things, right now I'm working two jobs and I'm working on my master's degree and I'm very busy, but God has orchestrated my week so that I can get a lot done in a few days and even have two or three days of the week to rest. That's not something I could have done on my own, but he's shown me how to orchestrate my days. And in the midst of that, I'm still able to take long walks most afternoons and I get plenty of sleep. It's amazing how that can work out, but it's only because I know that I'm doing what God wants me to do. Even if he's called you to a life of busyness, even if you're a single parent and you've got to take care of your children and work at the same time, if you're doing what God wants you to do, he's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the ability to get everything done. You'll be able to do it with strength and vitality and life and joy. Life is supposed to be a joy as the Holy Spirit flows through us. So it's yielding everything to him that's going to help us accomplish what he wants to get done and what we feel needs to get done. Amen. And everything gets done in God's timing if you let him do it. Yeah. For about eight, ten years now, God's been telling me he's going to bless me tremendously. He's going to do a miracle. And two, three years into it, I started asking, when? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would always ask him in my heart, are you really going to do this? And he said, yes, my son. I must have asked him that a thousand times. And one day it dawned on me, that continually asking him if he's going to do what he said he's going to do is not walking in faith. And so I quit asking him. I just started believing him. And I don't know when it's going to happen. Hmm. I don't know how it's going to happen. I just know it will happen because that's what God said. And I don't have to question him on something he's already said. It's yea and amen. Yeah. Now, when he wants to bring it past, that's fine. But I don't have to walk in unbelief by constantly questioning what he decided to do. And this is a common thing. We think that, oh, I'm believing God while we're 
praying desperately that he's going to do what he said. And that's really not how you walk in faith. You walk in faith by just believing what he said and assuming it's true and going that direction. You know, there's a lot of areas in my life right now that I just have no idea what's going to happen. Just wild stuff that you think, why are you doing this? And I say, I don't know. (laughs) I just feel led of the Spirit to do it. And I know enough from previous things God has done that if I just obey his voice, then whatever he wants to happen does happen in his timing. And he doesn't tell me what's going to happen because I'd probably try to control it if I knew it. And so I just say, okay, at least I know where you want me to go. And I just head that direction. But I am sure that what God wants me to do, I'm doing. And he'll bring the increase. He'll bring the fulfillment of his word. And I don't have to keep asking him all the time if it's his will. Of course it's his will. That's what he told me to do in the first place. And even if I ask the guy a thousand times if that's what he said, he just says, yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) It never changes. Yeah, exactly. If you're always asking Jesus if he meant what he said, you're not really focusing on doing what he wanted you to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that you can please God is simply believe him and let one foot go in front of the other and do your best to accomplish his will. You know, when he says, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea and it will be done for you. He never expected you to pick up that mountain and do it. He expected you to have the smallest of faith and believe him that he would pick up the mountain and do it. That's right. See, there's nothing supernatural that God calls you to do that you can actually do in and of yourself. (laughs) It's all predicated on him doing it. And so all you have to do is believe. And then he does the stuff. He does the heavy lifting. And you don't have to do it yourself. God never calls you to do something supernatural because you can't. Yeah. It's impossible for you to do it. It's not you doing it. It's your faith in him that is encouraging him to do it. Exactly. God is a God who means what he says. And he doesn't speak idly. He's not a flippant God. Whatever Mm -hmm. he says is the word of God and it endures forever. And our part is simply to believe and obey. His part is to make it happen when we do. That's how you walk in faith. That's how... You do so much in God. You don't have to be questioning them all the time. You just go with the flow of God. Mm-hmm. When you're in God's domain, whatever you do is his will. That's right. And being in God's domain is something that is a really beautiful life. And it's something that we achieve the more we yield to his spirit. When we come into faith in Christ, there's usually a lot of things in our lives that need to be adjusted and realigned because most of us live completely outside the will of God before we're saved. But when we come to him and we get saved and we want to live a life for him and we yield to him and say, okay, God, my life is now yours. What do you want to do with it? Chances are he's going to come in and rearrange your room. If you give him your house and say, okay, this is your house. What do you want to do? He might come in and get rid of your couch and tear up your floors and tear down the wallpaper. This 60s style stuff has got to go. We got to go with what's going on right now. And he may completely redo your life. But if we allow him to do that and we start walking in that, we come into a point where we're actually in the flow. I was looking for something yesterday that I thought for sure was in my house somewhere. 
and I couldn't find it anywhere. It wasn't in any of the logical places that it should have been. And so I was walking through the house looking, and in my spirit just said, God, just show me where it is. And as I was looking in my closet, I just felt prompted to open up a bag that had camera stuff in it. And this item shouldn't have been in with the camera stuff, but there was this little box, and there it was. And it's interesting because I know that God led me there. But in times past, I would have stopped. I would have maybe knelt down and prayed, God, show me where it is. And I would have stopped and listened until he said, look in the closet in the camera bag. And then I would have got up and looked in the closet in the camera bag. But instead, you can get to a place in God where you're just in the flow of his spirit and you move by his spirit. And I knew to move and look in that bag, even though my natural mind said, this is ridiculous. It's not in there. My spirit knew to do it. And there it was. That's the flow of God and being in his domain. It's not necessarily where you have to have a conversation with him continually in words. It's more like your spirit and his spirit are communing all the time. So he leads you where you need to go. He led you to get that book. Instead of prompting you to buy the book online when you were thinking about it, he said, wait, and then you obeyed. And then you went to the store he told you to go to. And there it was for $3. That's a demonstration of how God is leading us. When he does those little things in our lives, that confirms to us, I'm in his will. I'm in his flow because something that I needed was presented to me. Something that needed to get done was done amazingly. And God knows how to get things done supernaturally. If our life is yielded to him, like you said, it's not our job to do the heavy lifting and get things done. If we have a big project that needs to be done by a certain date and we have time set aside and God says, this person needs you to talk to them because they're really struggling. And you do that in obedience to him and it cuts out of your time Even though your natural mind knows it's not possible to get that project done in that amount of time, if you're obeying the Spirit, the Spirit will get it done. God does the heavy lifting. It's not our responsibility to make sure that everything that God asks us to do gets done. It's His responsibility. He's the one that moves the mountain. It's our faith that encourages Him to move it. It's not our faith that moves it per se. It's our faith that moves the heart of God and moves the hand of God to do what He wants to do. And it's the same thing in every area of our life. When we yield to Him, What he wants to get done will get done. And the more our lives are aligned with him, the more that we want to get done becomes what he wants to get done. And we can be assured that everything will be accomplished. And God does take care of us through his Holy Spirit. I remember one time my son went on a field trip to a water park and we mistakenly thought that they were going to provide meals. And when he got there, he had heard wrong or we heard wrong or something and they weren't. And so every parent had sent money with their child in order to buy food. And my son didn't have any. And so while everybody was eating, he was out walking around and he looked down and there was a $20 bill on the ground. And he picked it up and that was enough money for him to get food. And his friend says, oh, that's God. He's, he provided for you, (laughs) which he did. And I didn't know. My son didn't know, but God took care of the situation. And that's a lot of times how things really get done. We don't know what's going on, really. We just do what we feel to do by the Holy Spirit. And even if we make a mistake, God takes up the slack. He watches over us. A lot of people are afraid of the future. They are thinking that, I don't have enough. Situations are going to get worse. I don't have the ability. And that may be true in the natural. But we do not walk in the natural world. Mm. We are spiritual beings filled with Holy Spirit that listen, hear, and obey a God who makes all things possible. 
we are literally citizens of a new heavens and a new earth that have a foretaste of our inheritance now. And so what will sink other people tends to buoy us up, and we have everything we need supernaturally. I look at your new living room. Everything in there looks really, really nice. <laughs> like you really paid attention and you did the home decorating and you went to the specific stores to buy the specific things that would fit together. And that whole living room probably cost less than 300 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> because most everything in there was secondhand mm -hmm. and you bought it. Why? Because you were just there and it At looked the right good. Time. Yep. And it was the right time. <laughs> Whereas you could have spent two or three thousand dollars, God had you spent two or three hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And thus your extra money was available for other things. The truth is, in the body of Christ we have everything we need. There are riches locked up in the body of Christ that we cannot imagine. There's talents, there's money, there's homes, there's lands, there's vehicles. There's people that can do things that if they were put together with other people, they would do marvelous things. The only thing that we lack is connection. If we would let God connect us with the other people of the body of Christ that he ordains we be with, the riches and the abilities of the body of Christ would be so much we wouldn't know what to do with them. We don't have to have millions of dollars. All we have to have is spiritual connection with mm. those parts of the body of Christ that God foreordained that we be with. And that unlocks our potential, which is now squelched under all this unbelief. We don't have to do God's stuff. All we have to do is yield to his will. And if you have a difficulty in your life right now, there's a few things you need to check. Are you where God wants you to be? Are you doing what God wants you to do? And if you're doing those two things, are you allowing God to do it in the way that he wants you to do it? Mm, good point. God can handle everything that you have going on in your life with ease but you can't micromanage his anointing. You have to yield. You can't say no to him and have him do his thing. God needs the freedom to organize you according to his will, according to his wisdom, and according to his power. And you can't second guess what he should be doing. He knows what he's doing. So if you want to get out of the mess that you're at right now, cease from your own works. Because your own works is what got you in the fix you are in right now. If you're in a hole and you're getting deeper, stop digging and start allowing God to lead and guide you. And he will get you out of that hole very, very quickly. But you're going to have to put your natural mind yeah. on the shelf for a while and let him think for you. I think God is really pleased when we move according to faith and not our natural minds. And I think it moves his heart to do amazing things for us. In the United States, we just celebrated Thanksgiving this past week. And I heard the story of a couple who had planned for Thanksgiving and had money set aside to buy what they needed. And they heard of some people in a third world country that were possibly coming into crisis. And so the man said, I feel to send this much money and help them buy what they need. And they did. 
But that meant that a lot of what they had planned on for Thanksgiving wasn't going to be done. And so the wife says to the husband, well, it's fine. We can just have what we have. We already have the turkey. We'll just do what we can with what we have. It doesn't have to be a big deal. I really feel like it's good that you sent that money and they're going to be provided for it. It's okay. Fully expecting that they would have a little bit less than what they had planned for their meal. But the night before Thanksgiving, a person that was going to eat with them showed up with tons and tons of food. Pies that had been bought on impulse that were exactly what had been planned to be bought but couldn't be bought because the money wasn't available. And the feast that they ended up with was beyond what they were planning on doing with the money they had. We tend to feel like if God asks us to sacrifice, that means that we're going to have to do without. But if God asks us to sacrifice today, we know there's blessing coming tomorrow. And it was an amazing story of faith and trust that even they were willing to have less of a Thanksgiving meal so that these people in this third world country could have more. But God said, nah, that's not necessary. I will bless you with more than what you were planning on having because you were faithful to me. That's the economy of God. And that is getting things done the way that God says to do them, just to be yielded and say, this doesn't make sense to me, but okay, we'll do it God's way and see what he wants to do. Well, that's exactly correct. The economy of God works differently than the economy of the world. The economy of the world is you have to give money in order to get things. The economy of God, which is based really on the economy that's in the new heavens and new earth, is please and thank you. (laughs) Please, God, we need this. And when he gives it to you, you say thank you. And when God asks you to give to another, you give freely, knowing that God will make up the difference. What happened with that lady that brought food to those people was a demonstration of the provision of the body of Christ. And nobody had to tell them to do that. They just felt in their heart to do it, and they did it. And it was the right thing at the right time because God knew the situation. A lot of people, they're very discouraged in their lives, and they're just grinding it out. And they're saying, why, Lord, why is this happening to me? And I don't know your situation but I can assure you God does. And I know the best way to get from point A to point B in God is simply to listen to his voice and do what he wants you to do when he wants you to do it with whomever he wants you to do it with. And that takes you deciding that you're going to trust his voice more than your natural reasoning. Mm -hmm. The truth is to get out of where you're at, you're going to have to stop doing what you're doing. Your decision, based on your natural-minded thinking, has most likely led to the difficulties that you're now experiencing. Therefore, to get out of those difficulties, you need to stop listening to yourself and start listening to God. Well, how do I do that? I don't know. Of course you know. God's spoken to you many times during your life. You just need to go back to where God was telling you to do something, and you didn't do it, and correct that situation. It may be last year, maybe 20 years ago. But if you know a specific point where you deviated from God's will because you thought better, you need to go back and fix it. And once you fix that, you'll snap back to where God originally intended you to be. Now, depending on how long you've let that error go, the snap back to God's original plan may be bone shaking. It may be a really big change for you. But that really is the thing you need to do to get right with God. If God called you to the mission field when you're a young man and you refused to go because you had an engineering degree 
that needed to be finished so you could please your parents, I would contact a missionary organization and go and do what God originally told you to do and get back on track with God. If God told you to marry a certain person and you didn't, I'd go back and check to see if that person is still single. I'm serious. If you messed up and your life is crap right now, the best thing you can do is ask God, where did I go wrong? And then be willing to fix it. I remember a few times I had to do that in my life. And it cost me dearly because I had invested a lot in doing what God didn't want me to do. And I had to just say, okay, and I just lost everything. But when I snapped back to where God wanted me to be, God restored everything. And I didn't really lose, but wow, was it traumatic. It's a very hard saying because people have sometimes made some very bad decisions. And they don't really want to admit it Mm -hmm. to themselves, much less to anybody else. And they feel like they're too far gone. They're too far on the wrong path. There's no way you can make it right. But that's another one of the things of trusting God with the doing and the timing. Is when you yield to him and say, I don't know how to make this right, but I know I'm on the wrong path. I need to get back to where you want me to be. How can I do this? Do this for me and help me. And trust him with you. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your finances. Trust him with the people that you care about. Because if there's an adjustment that affects the people around you, trust him to take care of them if he's asking you to do something. Because there's blessing in obedience always. Even if the snapping back is bone shaking. Once the bones settle and everything gets in the alignment of where it needs to be, there is blessing. And you're going to be so glad that you snap to where you need to be. Everything will be taken care of and the fulfillment and satisfaction that you feel in your life will be amazing. And the things that you are able to do and the anointings and the giftings that will come out of you when you are in alignment with God are going to be well worth anything that you need to sacrifice and shake up to get there. You know, you mentioned something about you've invested so much in doing wrong, you don't want to do right. And the truth is, if you keep investing in doing wrong, you're going to lose everything. The only right way to go is God's way. And if you veered off from that a month, a year, 10 years ago, you're still going to be wrong as long as you're going the wrong direction. And you're just going to compound the situation. And you need to be asking God, do you want me to go back and do what you wanted me to do originally? You know, doing what God wants you to do doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. And particularly, it doesn't make a lot of sense to those around you. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to give an explanation to them at the great white throne judgment. You're going to give an explanation for what you've done to God Almighty. And this is what you have to keep in mind. You know, if you've got to go and shake things up in order to get back on God's track, that's exactly what you need to do. You know, yeah, did you mess up? Maybe. Do you need to correct it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when you know God is calling you to correct it, you just do it. You can't count your costs and not do it and continue in your error, especially when you know it's wrong. You make the correction. You bite the bullet. You suffer the loss. And you go back to where God wanted you to be and what God wanted you to do. This is the way that you actually follow God. Because nothing you do in error will stand. When everything is shaken, 
all that you've built that was not of God will just fall apart. The only things that you do that will stand for eternity and be worthwhile is what you do at the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be doing. This is where we need to put our treasure right now. It's in following God. The Bible says that we have a blessed hope, that we are going to meet Jesus in the air. This is the person you want to be doing this stuff for right now. Exactly. Forget your self-interest. Forget what you've done that has been wrong. Sell everything, put it into Jesus' account, and follow him. That's right. Yeah, picture in your mind a big airport, and you're trying to go get on this plane, which is the will of God that takes you into the new heavens and the new earth. A lot of airports have those moving sidewalks. So many of us, we get on that moving sidewalk going the opposite direction, going the wrong way fighting against everything God is trying to do. And our life is miserable. We keep tripping and we're trying to go forward. We just can't make any traction. And then a lot of us think, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm going the wrong way. Let me turn around and go back the other way. So many of us feel like the way to get to that plane is to do it on our own. So we walk on the regular ground and we see all these people just going by us on this moving sidewalk, zipping by, and we're just trudging along as hard as we can in our own effort to try to get there. When God has provided for us this moving sidewalk of his Holy Spirit to smoothly and efficiently take us where we need to go. If we'll just get off of our natural-minded walking and get onto that moving sidewalk, we're not exerting any more effort. In fact, we're exerting less effort. We can just pause and rest from walking and we still get moved forward. But if we do take two steps, we go four times further than we would have gone going two steps on the regular ground. That's the picture that we've got to keep in our mind of walking in the Holy Spirit. It's a flow. You walk, you move, God takes you where you need to go. You're like a leaf floating on the river. It doesn't take any effort for a leaf to get from one side of the river downstream three miles. They just float on the river. If we are yielded to God, it's as easy as that. He will flow through us. He will guide us. He will speak through us. He will make our life such an ease and such a beautiful fulfillment when we step into what he wants us to do. And then ultimately we do end up on that right plane. We end up where Jesus is, which is the place of victory. It's something that happens when we humble our natural minds. We yield our natural minds to the Holy Spirit. God's given us thinking minds for a reason above every other creature on earth, but he never intended for us to rely solely on that mind. That mind is supposed to be a tool to interpret the Spirit in us and through us. So when we humble our mind to the yielding of the Holy Spirit and say, okay, I think it should be this way, but my Spirit says God is saying go this way, we do what God says, and we're going to see amazing results. Jesus got a lot done during his lifetime simply because he didn't do his own works. He was doing what God wanted him to do 24-7. And thus God was able to be God through him. And anything he said was scripture. Anything he did was an act of God. Any place he went was where God wanted him to be. And so there was no wasted effort of his natural mind because he didn't go by his natural mind. And because we have been given that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we have access to the same God that he had access to. And we can listen and obey on time what God says just like he did. And that's how we be like Jesus. Jesus was yielded 24-7 to the Holy Spirit. If we want to be like Jesus, all we got to do is listen to God's voice and do what he says, when he says to do it, with whomever he says to do it with. 
Just do that every minute, do that every hour, do that every 24 hours, do it every week. And you will become like Jesus. You'll be that perfect man of Ephesians that is fully matured in the fullness and stature of Jesus Christ. And that's what this whole thing is about, mm-hmm. is God wants you to be like his beloved son. And he wants to fill you with his spirit, just like he filled Jesus. And he wants you to walk this earth and be a representation of him to whoever you meet. And you will do the works of Jesus if you yield to the same Holy Spirit that Jesus yielded to. It's an amazing thing. When you start let this work, I mean, things become smooth that you wouldn't wouldn't think that you could get over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You just go with the flow of God and you seem to be in the right place at the right time. All the time, Things start happening for you that Mm -hmm. need to happen when they need to happen. You don't even know how it takes place, but they just do. And while everybody else is grinding it out, you're kind of walking on the water. You're just floating and enjoying life and having everything provided for you and getting things done that God wants you to get done. Exactly. And the worst it is where you're at. I mean, some people are in some pretty terrible places. Yeah. The better this works. Because you are in a place where so many people are fearful, so many people are angry, so many people are mean. You say... How can this work for me? It works better in those. When it's darker, this light works brighter. If you will start listening to the Holy Spirit, you will see miracles. The miracles that you want, but you have to go by what he says and not by what your fear says. That is really key to this. You know, this is why the world's pumping out all this fear to everybody, because when they're fearing, they're not listening to God in faith. Right. And what we need to do as Christians, we need to not listen to the fear. Their future may be as bleak as they're imagining. Exactly. But our it's future like is great. Yeah. Our future is filled with light and love and provision and safety and God. You know, that's our future. That's your future if you listen to this Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Love Club this week. We appreciate your presence. You have made it again to the end of the podcast. You're intrepid. We appreciate you. Take away from this what makes sense to you. And those things that don't resonate with your spirit, don't worry about. God is speaking to you in specific ways through this podcast. And Mm -hmm. just be blessed by those things that God puts in your heart. Right. Okay? And let everything else go. God wants to lead you specifically. We are merely a starting place for you to go and hook up to God yourself. And that's what we want. And if that happens, we have accomplished the very thing that we desire. Right. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Christ Church of the Superficial. You gotta see us pray. Christ Church of the Superficial. Come be a member today. And now, coming to you live from that cathedral built for ten. The Righteous Reverend! Hi, how are you? I am the Righteous Reverend of the First Church of the Superficial, where we are increased with goods and have need of practically nothing. Amen? I am just so blessed today. I have had an excellent week. Our profits are up more than 50% after I have released my Righteous Reverend app. The revelation is flowing! 
and people are being blessed and they're giving like a house on fire. Amen. God, I just have happy feet. Just look at my feet. They're just going. Oh, yes, I'm feeling it. I'm just going. Oh, yeah, I'm just dancing in spirit. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. And I want to encourage you that as you give to God, you give with a happy heart. Just know that as you fill the coffers of the righteous reverend, you are doing God's work. We are joined together at the hip because we are going forth and building and paving. And Now, I know you think that's mundane, but the truth is that infrastructure is everything in God. The more buildings you have, the more things you can point to means the more that you're blessed. And you're with me doing the work of God. Yes, amen. This has been a righteous moment with the righteous reverend. Be blessed. Thanks for listening this week. We appreciate you and the opportunity to speak into your life. Have a great seven days. We'll see you next time on God's Love Cup. Bye-bye. Bye. Hired him as a sponsor anyway. <laughs> well, you know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs>